Good morning, everybody. It's freezing outside. People in Chicago and Buffalo, they just feel sorry for us. I'm sure they're going to be sending lots of aid down here because they're burning up up there. Good to see you this morning. Good crowd today. We are continuing on in this new series that we started last week. I want to ask a question to start off. How many of you started off the new year hoping that you were going to change something in your life this year? Anybody? All right. So, you know, you may be a person that says, you know, I'm hoping to get out of debt. I'm hoping to do better with money. I remember still what we talked about back in November, and those things are sticking with me. I made it through the holidays, and that's what I hope. Some of you may say, well, I'm, I'm hoping to have a better marriage. And, and maybe you look at this marriage seminar coming up and you're like, I hope this is going to fix some things. Or I hope I have a better marriage overall. Or, or maybe you're a person that says, you know, what I'm really hoping for is to get in shape. Or I'm hoping to be more organized. Or I'm hoping to be more of a spiritual person. And I'm here to tell you this morning, hope is good, but hope by itself is not going to bring about the changes that you really want in your life. Last Friday, Peyton mentioned this last week, just two days ago was National Quitters Day. That's, did you know that's every year? National Quitters. It is the second Friday of the year. And that's when most people quit their New Year's resolutions. There was one particular study that was conducted, and this was back in, this was in 2020, and it found that 80% of people who made New Year's resolutions, they tapped out by the second week in January. 80% of people had high hopes of making some real changes in their lives. But the fact of the matter is, hope alone doesn't help us make changes habits do and that's why we're going to say a few times today i need good habits say that with me i need good habits because we do i want you to think about let me give you an example here what did you do last Wednesday morning. Just think about last Wednesday morning, you get up, what did you do? More than likely, you did exactly what you did Tuesday morning. And maybe even Monday morning. And it may sound something similar to this. You woke up, you went to the bathroom, you got on social media or you read your emails, you got your shower, you had breakfast, you got dressed, and then you drove to work the same way you drove to work the day before and the day before that. Is that getting kind of close to kind of where you are? And it's really scary when you think about how much we do things the exact same way because our habits really have most of what we do in life. In fact, there was a study done in 2006 by Duke University, and they found that 40% of our actions that you do daily is not the result of the decisions that you're making. It's, it's the result of habits. 40% is not even decisions we're making. They're just habits. And so that's why we're saying today that, that hoping is not going 
to help us overall. It's good, but what we need is a change of habits. So I need good habits. Say it. I need very good because we do. And, and our, te- our, well, not our text, but really what we're going to be talking about today, the, the title of the lesson is Holy Habits. And we find a great example of this in the book of Daniel. Now, in the book of Daniel, there's a lot of things that have, that have been happening. Uh, for example, there is uh, in 587 or 586 BC, 87 BC rather, the Babylonians, they come in and they sack Jerusalem. They, they burn the temple. They are destroying everything in sight because they want to absolutely humiliate God's people. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to take the best of the best back to Babylon with him. And the whole purpose was to take these best of the best and indoctrinate them in the ways of the Babylonians. And they'd become a part of Babylonian life and even become future leaders. Well, one day King Nebuchadnezzar had some weird dreams, but his spiritual interpreters, they couldn't, they didn't know what it meant. So God gives Daniel this ability to interpret his dreams. And and Nebuchadnezzar is absolutely blown away by Daniel's God. And he says, in essence, he says, Yahweh is the one true God. He is the God of gods. He is the Lord of all kings. And God uses Daniel, and I'll tell you why he uses Daniel, because he had some really good, simple habits, holy habits in his life. Later on, Darius is the king of Babylon. He really liked Daniel. He wanted to promote him. But there were these jealous key leaders. I know that doesn't sound like anything today. These other key leaders were very jealous, and they wanted to find a way to bring him down. And they started looking in his life, and they're trying to figure out what it is about Daniel's life, his character flaws, or something that that would take him down. And they couldn't find anything. In fact, what it even says there in Daniel chapter 6, verse 5, he says, look, he says, "We, we can't find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Oh, there's so much we could say here. But they take that, and they go to King Darius, and they say, Listen, King Darius, you're such a great king. You you deserve all this honor and and praise. And so what we want you to do, we want you to, to set a law that for 30 days, anyone who prays to anyone other than you will be thrown into the den of lions. Oh, King Darius fed his ego a little bit. He said, all right. He signed that that into law. This is when we find how one simple holy habit goes a long way in how God can use it. Because what it says in in verse 10 of Daniel 6, he says, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down. And anything here in, in underline, I want you to read it with me. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his window open toward Jerusalem here we go he prayed three times a day just as he had always done giving thanks to his God and most of you know what happened next right Daniel he's he goes and he's going to pray and all of a sudden these jealous advisors they show up 
I wonder how they knew when to show up. Because this was what he does. This is his habit. And they go and they tell Darius, hey, Darius, we found somebody. It's Daniel. And he liked Daniel, and he's trying to find a loophole. And they call his hand on it and said, no, 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 you've got to carry out this law. And that's exactly what he has to do. And so he throws Daniel into the den of lions. But he's worried, oh, Darius. He can't eat. He can't sleep all night. He runs the next morning, runs down there to the lion's den, and he calls out to Daniel. And listen to what he says. He says, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. How in the world did Daniel have the kind of faith that was needed to stare down the lion's den? That he was not afraid to do what he always did and being faithful to God. Because of this habit that he had in his life, it built his faith, it built his courage, he believed in his God. And I'm here to tell you, never underestimate what God can do in your faith, in your marriage, in, in your health, in your spiritual life, by one small holy habit in your life. And that's why we're saying this morning, I need good habits. Say it. I need Last week, Peyton got us started. And he said, listen, you know what? Real and lasting change is not about behavior modification. We talked about that, right? He said, listen, it's about spiritual transformation. In other words, you know, I, I can't look at myself and say, I want to get in shape uh, because, you know, I want to look good in something. <laughs> you know, we look at it and say, you know, how, what am I in my life do I need to change to be more God-honoring? How, how can my body be more God-honoring? It's not about saying, you know what, I want to be good with money so that I'll just have lots of money. No, we've got to say, what is it about my life that I can do more with my money and with the resources that God has trusted me with? That's, that's a different kind of attitude. And so our question for this morning, and you're going to have a question each week, and this is it. What is one habit you need to start based on who you want to become? Or maybe what we say on, based on who the Lord wants you to become. What is one habit? Listen to what I'm saying. What is one habit you need to start today? So we're going to talk about how you can start a new habit. And here it is. You can write it down. You can take a picture of it with your phone. But here it is. Well, that's not it yet. <laughs> Let me say this, because this is important. If you're a Christian, you have the power of the resurrected Christ inside of you. He says we have a power that can rise above our old life. That, that, we can, that we can create this newness of life. And by the way, today is all about starting a new one. Now, we're not talking about taking away an old one. That's next week. But this week, we're just talking about starting a new habit. So how do we do that? Here's the first thing. Make it obvious. Make it obvious. All right, so we need cues, right? 
we need to make those obvious things that will help create that desire to bring about the outcome that we're hoping to have. Um, how many of you in school learned about Pavlov's dog? He's, he's the gray-headed guy in the middle there, and the dog is the one on the left. Um, but Pavlov's dog, he, he was studying the physiology of the digestive system of dogs, and he began noticing something, that the dog would begin to salivate over the sound and the noise of the experiment. And so he discovered that if he would ring this tone before giving the dog its food, that eventually the dog would salivate just as much or more with the sound of the tone as when he sees the food. It's because this new habit had been formed, right? And so what we find here is there was a cue. That was the sound. There was the craving. It's hungry. There's the response. It salivates. And then there's the reward. And you say, yeah, well, that's dogs. Okay. How many times have you driven by Krispy Kreme and you see the hot donut sign is on? Huh? What happens? We got our cue. It's, the, it's that sign. We're craving. We didn't, even, we didn't even want a donut. And then all of a sudden, we want donuts. And there's a response. In fact, some of you may be salivating right now because that, that, that sign makes you salivate. But what do we do? What's the response? We pull off the road because we want the reward. That sweet, sweet Krispy Kreme. Right? And so when it comes to your habits, your cues determine what you do. If you want to change what you do, change your cues. All right, you may say, you know what, I want to read my Bible more this year. That is what, I want to do it daily. And you say, you know, I've just always struggled doing that. Well, listen, don't put your Bible in a drawer. Don't put it up on a bookshelf. Put it somewhere where it's obvious. For me, that would be my coffee maker. <laughs> I know I'm going there. Or maybe you put, you know, on your phone, you, you put an alarm. Or maybe you say, you know, I really struggle being motivated to work out every day. Well, listen, certain time of day, let it go off and, and let it be the Rocky theme. I don't know if that helps you or not. If that motivates you, oh, the Rocky theme, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm ready to go. Whatever it is to help you, to help you with these cues, that's what you need to do. Now, here's the second one. And listen, you should love me for this. You ready for this? Make it easy. See, Peyton's always about the hard stuff. I'm here to tell you the easy stuff. Actually, next week, I'll give you the harder stuff. But anyway, what, why do people abandon these New Year's resolutions every year? I, I looked up these studies. And a lot of the studies will tell you one of the main reasons is because people, they, they, they're overambitious. You know, they put out these big targets out there. But what they find is if you want to really start a new habit, start small and stay consistent. If you want to be more disciplined in your life. Maybe one small habit you need to have is stop hitting the snooze button. Just, just stop hitting the snooze button. If you say, you know what, I want to read my Bible more every day, 
then maybe one habit you need to get into is you say, I am not going to go on social media until I have read my Bible. Or maybe you say, you know what, I want to leave a spiritual legacy. And so you just start one small, simple habit of praying with your kids before they go to bed. Or, or maybe if you want to be someone who genuinely cares about other people, then what you say is, okay, I'm going to write one note, just one note of encouragement or one text of encouragement a day. That's it. Just one. That's all I'm going to, all I'm going to do. There's a book, it was written by James Clear, it's called Atomic Habits. And what he says is, anytime starting a habit, you should do something that takes you two minutes or less. Two minutes or less. So you may be someone this year and you say, you know what, what I'd really like to do is I'd like to start journaling, right? And, and you know, you think about journaling and maybe you do it for, you know, maybe you made it through the first couple of weeks in January, but it's like, man, it just seems like it takes so long. Well, look, just do this. Say, I, I'm going to commit to one sentence a day. That's it. One sentence. Because guess what? If you write, if you journal one sentence, you might write two. But you're not going to write two unless you write one. Or, or maybe um, you want to start praying with your spouse. But you're like, you know, that's intimidating. Um, it just, it, I don't know why. It just makes me anxious. I pray for my spouse. but praying, Okay, just, just do this. Just say, you know what? We're just going to hold hands. And we're each going to say one thing that we're thankful for to God. Just one thing. Or maybe you're that person... And you, you want to get in shape. You want to look good as Troy Wiley, who works out. <laughs> but you know what? You're just like, I can't, I don't know if I can stay to that. So what you do is you say this, I'm going to do five push-ups before I get into bed. That's it. You might do more, but all you're committed to is five. Now, Clear goes on and he talks about what he calls habit stacking. So it's like taking these habits that you already have and then begin stacking these new habits that you begin to develop one at a time. And, and you begin this, this new routine of things that are good. Okay? So, so you might say, okay, you've got the old habit of waking up. Uh, everybody has that habit, right? You wake up. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But you're going to add a new habit. When I first wake up, I'm going to read a psalm or a proverb. That's it. So you go to the old habit of showering. Once again, I hope this is uh, some routine in your, your life. Uh, but instead of turning on music or maybe just getting a shower and thinking about everything you got to do during the day, just meditate. Whatever it is that you read in that psalm, maybe, maybe it's just a verse or a proverb. Maybe it's a phrase. It could be even a word. And just, I mean, you're in there. Just, just by yourself and just think about it. What is it for your life? So then you go and you do your old habit of breakfast and getting dressed. But, but now you've added a new habit. I'm going to say a prayer. 
And maybe you start off and say, you know what, I'm just going to commit to uh, just saying a few sentences every day to start off my day. I'm just going to make sure that I'm doing this in my life. And maybe at night you start, you know, you got the old habit of spending time with your kids or your spouse. But, but now you're going to start a new habit. You're going to do five push-ups before you get into bed. And then you're going to journal one sentence. And then you got that other new habit. You're going to thank God for one thing, whether that is you in your life or maybe just, or you and your spouse, you're just going to have one thing. And, and for some people, they like to get on social media before going to bed. But you know what? You may want to just take that one out. We'll talk about that a little more next week. But you want to create this no other new habit of, I'm just going to read one chapter of the Bible. I might read my Quest 52. I might uh, watch one video on the Bible Project app. And those thoughts are what's going to go with me into sleep. And it is amazing how God can change your life, how God's Spirit will work in your life, and you become more and more like Jesus, one small holy habit at a time. And that's why we say, I need good habits. I need good habits. You're already in a habit, aren't you? So what is one small habit that you need to start? That's the question. Listen to this verse in Zechariah 4 and verse 10. He says, do not despise the small beginnings. Listen to that. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Now, this is talking about the rebuilding of the temple after it had been destroyed, demolished. And the Lord was happy about it. But guess what? The enemies of Israel, they were not happy. There were a lot of the older Jews that did not like this because they remembered the former glory of the temple before. But that's not how the Lord saw it, was it? He says, I, I rejoice that, one, that these small beginnings have happened. He anticipates the joy, the completion of that work. And so I want you not to be discouraged by small beginnings. Okay? Don't be discouraged. Because you have, you have no idea how God can use one small, easy habit and do something big with it. Little by little throughout my life, I have, I have created habits. Some of them not so good. But, but I've tried to create good habits in my life. And even to this day, I still try to do that. There was something I started three, maybe almost four months ago. Something as simple as I replaced my breakfast Pop-Tarts with a protein bar. Now, listen... I like easy, simple, quick breakfast. Grab it, go. I have tried, you know, making a healthy breakfast. I don't stick with it. It's just, I, I don't know. Some of y'all are great at that. I just, that's not me. So I knew I had to have something as simple as grabbing a Pop-Tart. I knew, I've known for a long time, this is not where I wanted to be physically. I knew this is not what God wanted for me, but I have been unmotivated, I'll be honest with you, ever since my wreck in 2016. 
I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm just simply saying I've struggled in that. I've tried some things here and there, but I never stayed consistent. And all along the way, I had hoped I would do better. But this simple thing right here, just changing Pop-Tarts to protein bars, I suddenly saw just a small little change. And, and I, liked, I felt like I was doing something that was more God-honoring. I wasn't setting any goals like I want to lose, you know, whatever. I just want to try to be healthier. And then, so then I decided to do something bigger. I cut out sugars, desserts. I'm from Alabama. <laughs> that is one of the four major food groups in Alabama, along with fried foods and gravy and cornbread or biscuits. So for me to cut that out, that was huge. And I'll just tell you, I, I started eating fruit for dessert. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not. But it gave me a little bit of that sweet taste. And I knew this is what I wanted to do. In fact, I've had people when I say that, they'll say, well, you know, fruit turns to sugar. Well, I, this is what I tell people when they say that. Until I see someone who can barely fit through the door, who eats fruit all the time, I'm going to keep doing what I do. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I started seeing more changes, and, and I liked it. And then, and then I decided I want to start another new habit. I wanted to cut my, I wanted to cut my breads in half. Okay? So my wife, she makes the best Mexican cornbread. So now I eat half. When she makes it, I eat half of what I normally would eat. So as of this morning, I now have lost 52 pounds. Thank you. And, and, and I don't tell you that for you to clap for me, although it feels good. Um, I, I tell you that how this all started one small change. One small change that I could be consistent in. Changing Pop-Tarts to protein bars. Now, listen, I understand if you're a person this morning and you're like, you know what, I hear you, but I, I'm unmotivated I'm depressed. I, I, I've tried different things. In fact, I don't think it's going to work. I understand every bit of that. that I've gone through that. Um, I can't exercise like I used to. My wife and I, we went and just looked for shoes the other day. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, tremendous amount of walking. I come home, my back is killing me. I just can't do it since the wreck. I understand, and I didn't think it could happen. You know, I've always heard that when you hit 40, you, you can't lose weight anymore. I don't know. But anyway. And so all this stuff goes, I, I'm here just to tell you this. I'm here to tell you this. If that's you this morning, it's amazing what one small step will do for you. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live this way. And you can feel better about it. You can feel better about what your relationship with God even now, I don't, I'm not telling you all this 
and telling you this story this morning so that you think I've got it all together. I am perfect. I am far from being like Jesus. But I've tried to add these small steps in my life that brings me closer to being like Jesus. That's all I can do. Missy and I, we have a, a good marriage. She may want to rebuttal. But one of the, we had one small, one small habit we started years ago. We have a date night every week. And that was really important. We had four kids. Now those kids are gone, and we can have date days and nights, right? But it just, it was a small, I could tell you other small habits that I've done, but I, listen, it's not about me. It's really not about what I do and you co copying me. It's about finding what is it for you? What's one small habit that you can start today and then even begin to stack those things? Because you never underestimate how God can start something big through a small habit. I need good habits. Every single one of us in this room have messed up. The Bible calls it sin. But God in His mercy, He is reaching out to you and, and he, he wants to save you. His Spirit wants to help bring real, true, spiritual transformation in your life. Jesus is perfect in every way. He died on the cross for us. He rose from the grave so that every one of us, that if we will, we will just take, take our hands off the wheel and just give it to Him, He can save us. And here's what you're going to learn. The more you surrender your life to God, the more like Jesus you become. One small habit at a time. We are, we are ready to baptize anybody that is ready to say, I'm ready to make that step. We are ready for anyone who's ready to give their lives to Christ. They're ready to grow in their faith, to join other followers of Jesus in this walk that we are on. But it's just about making one step at a time. Don't look at other people and say, you know what, I don't measure up. It's all about the journey you're on. It's about your next step. And so the question is, what is your next step? What is one thing? Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who want to honor you with a holy habit. Father, show them that they, what they need to start today. Give them the power of your Spirit to be consistent and make it a part of their everyday life. And I pray for those who are ready to be baptized to begin a new life of real and holy changes. Father, move all of our hearts to make the first of many small steps that honor you. And Father, I also pray for, for those in this church who are struggling right now physically 
just help them to make one small step. Give them one, one little thing of encouragement. Whether it be Sister Gay as she gets ready to, to have this pacemaker put in. Or whether it be um, um, others in this church who are, are struggling and, and maybe it's mentally. Father, we receive a, a prayer request this morning of a young man here in Vero, Brandon. He's 15 and he's fighting, his, his, he's fighting this long battle with cancer. His mom and dad and sister, they all need our prayers at this time. And Father, we just offer up those prayers before your throne. And Father, we just thank you for allowing us to be here this day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.